Yo, what's up? This is Corey Derek Branch here, StrikeSevenSports.com. This is an episode of Strike Seven Sports Podcast. I'm joined by my co-host Brian Bottom, Leo Seabury. This is an episode of Strike Seven Sports Podcast. So we're gonna go right into it with our first topic of the day, and that's Frank Wright being dismissed as the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Came down yesterday, um, I think around you know, a little in the afternoon, that uh. The Colts were going to be uh, parting ways with the uh, former Buffalo Bills quarterback, uh, quarterback guru, was um, played a huge part in the growth of uh, Carson Wentz during his time in Philadelphia. Got the job with the Colts, but um, had luck for a little bit. Luck retired and just been um, spinning the wheels at the, the quarterback position, trying to find the right guy. But uh, the owner. Uh, Jim Bursey had had seen enough, fired uh, Reich midway through the season, had a three and five and a one record. And <laughs> he could have had a shot at winning the, the AFC South, how bad as it is. But I guess that uh, Ursay felt like it wasn't worth it, decided to part ways with Reich. So looking at, that, uh, looking at Reich's uh, resume, it's 40. 33 and one. He has two playoff appearances and a one and two record <coughs> in the postseason. Uh, I don't think he's, he's had a losing record with the Colts. Um, last year, they could have made the playoffs, but they were at nine and eight. Uh, lost the last game of the season to Jacksonville. Year prior to that, they went through playoffs with uh, Andrew, uh, not Andrew. Uh, Philip Rivers, and um, I mean, the year prior to that, they had Jacoby Brissett, but they fell short. They didn't make the playoffs, so I think they did have a losing record at that during during that year. But I want to ask y'all with Rice's resume and his pedigree as a head coach, as an offensive, uh, as a developer of quarterbacks, was this firing justified? Uh, I'll take this one first. I think. I had I had pondered on this because I had predicted this before the offseason. I had predicted like if 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 issue got bad, like if stuff got bad, this could be he could lose his job because they expect to win. Like they expect winning. But also yeah. I went and looked back at it, thought about the DB and uh Brian. Like they um they had a, a lot of injuries, like Darius Leonard, Jonathan Taylor, uh Qu- Quinn Nelson early. They had a lot of injuries, like, and that's a factor that, that you have to look at too. And like, but I guess at the end of the day, he didn't get the job done. Now, can you say that that they could have waited to the end of the season? Because, like you said, the AFC South is there for the up for grabs. But think about it, they already lost twice to Tennessee, so it really isn't up for grabs in that perspective. But in a in a, it still is eight games left. So what, seven, eight, nine games left? So. In a way, I feel I'm I'm not a fan of firing coaches during the season, but this was one I could have seen coming if, if went if stuff went sideways personally. But I do think that he should have at least got to the end of the season because we don't know what he could have gotten done. But they, they just I guess he saw that um that that the New England game and said I don't like where this is going and just pulled the plug. And I understand I understand because I I watched that game they didn't they looked pathetic even with the, a second-year quarterback, and they tried to get some new, you know, energy. The team didn't look right. So 
I understand. Right. Yeah, um, this isn't surprising, um, in my opinion. When you're an offensive-minded coach and you're the, you have the stats that the Colts out offensively, somebody was going to get fired, and OC was already gone, so he was next. And really, the one that's really shocking me is how is Chris Ballard still there? He has a losing record. <laughs> there how many coaches? Um, that's the one that's really scratching my head, how he still has a job. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to see how the Colts handle this situation, how Jeff Saturday handles it um, outside the box in a head catching hire. Uh, but, yeah, the Colts, once they um, benched Matt Ryan, as bad as he is for Sam Ellinger, or as bad as he was playing, I think that just signaled they, they were just giving up on this season, in my opinion. So now let's see what draft pick they get, if they can get in a position where they can draft a quarterback or they need to trade up to get one. But I think they got to start fresh, head coach, quarterback, and maybe at some point get an EGM. But we'll see. Uh, um, I think one thing that's kept Ballard around, Ballard's drafted well. He drafted actually really well. Like That's one of the things that you could find a Jonathan Taylor in the second round getting Quinn Nelson, finding Shaq Leonard in the fifth round. They found guys, foundational pieces that have been, you know, uh, building blocks for this team. And they, I say for them, they foundational pieces have, you know, they found getting Ryan, I, I think, was Ryan, was Ryan, no, nah, Ryan Kelly was already there by the time. Yeah, nah, not him. But they found building blocks in the draft. And he's, he's, even though you arguably that they had a quarterback carousel, like, you know, Corsell, Carousel, like with getting Phillip Rivers in there, making the playoffs. Dave does he done some good things, but you know, I think everything he personally went sideways when Andrew Luck retired. Like slowly. You didn't see it like right away. I think his retirement played a lot into it. Like, because it definitely caught them off guard. Cause and it, even though that was four years ago, you know, when you and when you were as talented as he is, they they build it for the next 10, 15 years with you. And then when you all of a sudden Ever since he left, they ain't been the same. So I think that plays a factor too. Not to give him any excuses or nothing, but it just it just how it is. Yeah, it did, man. The way the way it happened, man, it was like in um I think it was during the preseason, man. Preseason game, it was just like out of nowhere. They just announced that he's retiring. It's like, whoa. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Just really caught him off guard. But in regards to the firing, man, um, I guess, you know, some owners, you know, wants, want to see results. Some owners are lenient and are willing to, you know, give a coach time to, you know, build a contender. And some some are just, you know, some owners are just, I don't know, just, it's like being mediocre <laughs> for whatever, whatever reason. But it pulled, I thought felt like this would have happened at the end of the season instead of, you know, uh, yesterday during the, during the season, you know, but I get. I mean, is it justifiable? I say <coughs> it should have been done, like I said, during the um, end of the season because I mean, you still could have you, you three and five. You said that three, five, and one. You still had a shot of um, you know, even if you felt like the division was out of reach, you had a shot of getting to the um, like being a wild card. You know, but I felt like that move to bench Matt Ryan 
for Sam Ellinger was like, now nah, look, it's looking like that's more of a Ursa instead of um, the head coach. You know, just it's like a legitimate tank job right now. Legitimate tank job. We hire Jeff Saturday <laughs> off the dog on ESPN set to be a head coach. That's that's crazy. But like I told y'all before, man, um, Indianapolis always finds themselves in a position to where they got have a chance to draft a talented quarterback. I told you that before. You know, Jeff George, Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck. You know, now it's Bryce Young. It could be Bryce Young now. So they, they always find themselves in this position. And I mean, over the last, what, two to three years, a lot of, uh, you know, the national media, the talking heads, they've been, like, hyping Indianapolis up as the, the next the next big thing, in, the next um big thing in the AFC, you know, because of Frank Reich, the quarterback, um, the running game, defense. That's all. That's the elements. Those elements right there could travel and win games. And people felt like they could have made a run last year until they lost some winnable games down the stretch. So that that falls on Frank Wright. And then you trade away Carson Wentz, you know, a dude that had, what, 27 TDs and only two picks. So it's just, it's just a lot of bad – it's a bad look, man. It just – it may, it, may, it it puts Frank Wright in a, in a bad light, a bad, you know, reputation as a quarterback developer but i think that there are two jobs out there like right like next year if they open up i think he could go there and succeed denver and uh arizona if if because i I read a report today stated that he wants to be a continue he wants to continue to be a head coach so do you think that's a possibility yeah, because I'm more sure to be an OC. Yeah, or that's probably probably the best thing. It's probably OC, but if he got another head coaching opportunity, I don't think I would be upset or that'd be a bad decision. I'd rather have Frank Reich than Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, depend on how the Broncos finish, you can make case the same thing for Nathaniel Hackett. I maybe rather have him, uh, Frank Reich, than. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, Retreads usually do better their second time around. Uh, the one thing. <laughs> well, that's what. Not my, re- not my retread, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But a friend of the podcast, Easton Freeze, made a really good point when he said that the Colts' biggest issue that not a lot of people talked about was when they lost their T coordinators, who are now the coaches of the Bears and the Eagles, respectively. They never properly replaced them. And yeah. I think that's going to be very, very important for Frank Wright if he gets another job to get the right people. And if he loses them, replace them the right way in terms of um, getting people that are good or even better. But I think Frank Wright definitely deserves another shot. But if he became an OC, especially if he became the OC for the Titans, I wouldn't mind that. Hey, Leo, I got something to ask you. Leo, I'm here. What you take? 
would you take Frank Reich over uh, Josh McDaniel? No. No? We can't judge about it. This is the man's first season. Like, you, you saw work already. It's his first season as a head coach of the Vegas Raiders. Like, I can't I can't give you a, a accurate judgment of who the coach is, like, until we get a couple seasons in. Like, right now, everything's not going well. So, of course, Frank Reich would look like a more – looking like an appeasing option. But, nah, at this moment, I'm still going with Josh McDaniels. Okay. <laughs> I'm going with you. I'm riding with Josh, man. It's 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 not and Frank Wright. Over I mean, huh? Over Dennis Allen? That retread? Oh nah. <laughs> I told you Dennis Allen would be a flop. He's already been a flop already. I already told I t- like some guys just can't coach. He can't co- he's a defensive coordinator at his best. Yeah, he's a he defensive is. coordinator. And and if he were the defensive coordinator at Saints right now, nobody would blink an eye. But he's the head coach. That's where we have problems. But he's like also, Wade I Phillips. Can't, huh? He's like Wade Phillips. Good Wade guy. Phillips, Wade Phillips is a good head coach. Uh, man. Made the playoffs everywhere he went. The team was in the playoffs. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, all you can ask for. <laughs> I mean, like I said, man. Two spots where Frank Rag will kill it at right now would be Denver and Arizona. Um, Detroit, maybe, but those two spots definitely. So, and I also think he would be a great, a good OC man. Like a lot of, I like a lot of teams would be interested in, in hiring him as an OC. So we'll see. All right, man. We're gonna segue into this next uh, topic. Ob Odell Beckham Jr to the Dallas Cowboy rumors that have surfaced up lately. And this ain't, this ain't coming from some of these, you know, parody, you know, NFL trade rumor accounts or anything like that. It's coming from verified accounts, blue check folks that are really bringing this stuff up. So I got something pulled up on uh, ESPN.com from a quote from Jerry Jones stating that Odell – will look pretty good with the Cowboys. So he made an appearance on uh, 105.3, the fan in Dallas on Tuesday. And he was just talking about the current receiver, receiver court situation. And he said uh, how Odell would be a great addition to this team. And he will fit right in. But, you know, Mike McCarthy, you know, he got to, you know, put his two cents in and all that. But um, Clarence Hill of the uh, forward uh, star telegram put out a tweet today stated that it's my understanding that Odell Beckham prefers not to play in the cold weather city. He will, he will, he will for the right deal, but he prefers to be somewhere warm, especially coming off this ACL. The ball is in the Cowboys court. So with that being said, if they do add OBJ to this team to go along with CD Lamb and uh Michael Gallup, who's also recovering from an injury, a torn ACL, does the additional Odell makes the Cowboys a serious threat in, in the NFC? Even if they don't win the, the one in the East. Yeah, I think it does because it just brings a new dimension of offense. They need they need uh, production on that on that wide receiver court. This is plain and simple. It hasn't gotten the job done. But outside of CD Lamb, 
and he's had spurts of inconsistency as well. They sincerely need a threat. Like Noah Brown's been a nice story. Michael Gallup's still getting back. Everybody, there's something behind every little situation. Kevontae Turpin, they even have him in there. He's not a, a, a he's not an NFL receiver. He's a he's a he's a he's a gadget guy. So any sort of spark that they could use would be great. And I think Odell would be, would fit perfectly. And I do think that it makes them a serious threat because they already have the run game with Zeke and Pollard. You already have that. That's established. We know what Dak can do. He's a, he's a solid he's a solid quarterback. So you add Odell to that, he's he'll be fully recovered. Assumingly that they sign him, so he'll be ready to go. I mean, it may take a game or two to get him in. You know, because he hadn't played a game in a yeah. while since the Super Bowl. But he's been staying in shape. He's been working out according to his Instagram and his social media pages, and you know, from people who who are close to him, he's been working out. There's so he. I think that he brings a new dimension to that offense that opposing defenses are going to have to respect. It's just going to be another player, another really good offensive player that Dallas adds. So, yeah, I think now could it beat them past Philadelphia in the division, like you said? No. But I think once you get to a playoff, he's like we saw in the Super Bowl, he's the type of player that is going to make a difference in a playoff game between you winning and losing. Because even when he got hurt, I think if he didn't play that first half, I don't think the Rams would have won the game. Like, he was that. He made that much of a difference, and he didn't even play in the second half. He's one of those type of guys. All right. He's gonna make a difference. So I agree. I agree that you know. I think it, it puts it vaults them up there to where I have Minnesota and uh, in Philly right now. What you got, Brian? Um, I think it helps. I can't necessarily say though they're threatened be one of the top teams in the NFC, but I, I think they're better. And the way I look at it, on a championship team, Odell was, you can maybe say, the second best. But in the, for the Cowboys, I think all he has to do is be the third best, and I think he could help them uh, win because their defense legit is the, can their offense take that next step against really good teams in the postseason. That's really the big question for me. But I think he helps. Uh, I just don't want – um, anybody expect a lot from him since he's coming off of an ACL injury. But if he can give you a few receptions here, force the defense to have to uh, worry about him and maybe open more things for C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup, uh, then it's worth it. Okay. Yeah, I think he will be an upgrade to that receiver call. And I would say it depends on how – healthy and how effective he is with, with, with the offense and his chemistry and how fast the chemistry between Beckham and Dak can sink in will determine how serious of a threat they are to the uh, the NFC, Philadelphia, Minnesota right now because I think those are the top two teams in that, in that conference, Philadelphia in uh, Minnesota, everybody else is, you know, meh for right now. Anyway, it's in Dallas. Dallas is really good. I think Dallas has a defense that can beat a team that could go on the road and beat a team like a Greek, like a Philadelphia or a Minnesota. You know, going a deep playoff run. Running game is um legitimate. It's on the pilot having his own um, best year with the team. Hopefully he can get paid 
by Dallas. If not, somebody, somebody will pay him if it's not Dallas. Um, Odell, having Odell on this team as another option does help. Um, I think Odell is better when he is not being considered as the number one option. And he will be that. He won't be that in Dallas. You know, you got you see these lambs, you got your uh, Noah Brown, you got uh, Michael Gallup, you know, um, I think Dalton Schultz is still a part. Well, I know he's part of the team, but I'm, I'm not sure if he's back yet healthy. But you have him the tight end, and you got Dak. So he would help his team out. But it's all it's going to depend on how quickly he can, can get in sync with uh, Dak Prescott because that's going to be the, the key right there, the chemistry between those two. Because you saw what happened in uh, L.A. when once him and uh, – Stafford got in sync, and they were really they were really dangerous as an offense. So we'll see. Anything else you want to add? I just think that also, if you add Odell, like Brian said, he's not going to be. You're not. We're not expecting Odell Beckham to come in and be your number one guy. He's not that Giants got no more, and that's what people have to realize that, like he's not that guy. But having him on your, you would rather have him on your team than have to play a game plan against him. That's for sure. And, like, I think – y'all remember how – he's not the deep threat that Deshaun Jackson is, obviously. Remember how Deshaun Jackson came in and he played a few games last year with the Raiders? He, like, you remember that Thanksgiving game that he had? Yeah, Dallas. Dallas. He only had, like, three catches, but he had, like, 100-some yards and, like, two touchdowns, something like that. He And he was just, like, his threat and, like, he was – no, the important part was he was causing all those pass interference plays. Like, he the type of guy like that. He's going to be a distraction. Like, Odell's a positive distraction on the field. And because you're going to have to, you, you, if you if you let him, like, you're not going to take it for granted. Like, that's it's still Odell Beckham. Like, he still has yeah. a name. So he gives you that, and he's going to give you the production on the field. But it's just, like you said, just knowing, just knowing that he's not a number one no more he, anymore. He's not a number one receiver. Those days of the number one receiver are over with. But he still can be an impactful player on a, on a, uh, in a, in a winning situation. Okay, and also, also want to ask y'all this: So, if you add Odell to this team, does that increase the pressure on Mike McCarthy getting it done as a head coach, as a as a, a playoff team? Not really, because I don't think LBJ is that big of a difference maker. Mike McCarthy, you don't think so? No, I'm, it's it's one thing if he was healthy in their assignment, but he's coming off of an ACL, so. I hope I'm wrong. I hope OBJ can have a huge impact, but I'm not going to be a prisoner of the moment and think, or I don't know if that's the right term, but I just I just don't want to put all my eggs in one basket that OBJ is going to be that big of a difference maker. But I think one thing, Mike McCarthy can't lose to a team the Cowboys should be. Like, for example, you can't lose to the, let's say they play the Falcons. You can't lose to the Falcons. I feel like a successful season for the Cowboys is making it to the NFC Championship game, and anything but that is a failure. Really? If they lose to Brady, I think they should beat the Bucks based on what we see <laughs> now. Yeah, but that's the way I look at it. You never know with Tampa, man, because the number twelve. But I yeah. get your point. Yeah, I get your point. All right, so we'll segue to this, man. And I told Leo a while back that I was off the uh, the Rams uh, 
chance to train of uh, going back to the Super Bowl after the Dallas loss. But you know, he, he said that he was still he still believed in him. But this game against I watched this game against uh they played against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the Rams are just not the same type of team, man. They're just not the same type of team. Our defense is still there. It's still intact. Still a really good defense. Still near the, near the top of the league. But in regards to the offense, they're ranked. They're, they're, fall, they're falling off, man. Despite with the personnel in that offense, you know, they're ranked dirty in the league in total offense. They're ranked, they're ranked dead last in rushing. This is a team now. You know, Show Me Vay's offense, regardless of people what people say about it, the running game plays a huge part in it. And the Rams' offense is just hasn't been it. You know, um, it's pretty much if you're not throwing, you're not connecting with a, uh, you're not connect. If Stafford ain't connecting with a uh, Cooper Cup, it's just not the same. You know, and the loss of Odell Beckham Jr. is playing a huge part in this. You know. Um, Allen Robinson has been a disappointment. Van Jefferson ain't up to part this year, this season so far. Request. Um, the tight end, even you know, Tyler Higby. He's he hasn't been a real a factor, man. He was a, he had a really good season last year. He hasn't been a factor, you know. So they lost to the Rams. They lost to my bad, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers yesterday on a last minute touchdown pass by Tom Brady. Clearly had that game in the bag. Showing, I don't know if Sean McVay, this look, he got he got real, you know, tight with the play calling, man. I've I've been saying this since last year that for whatever reason he gets real uptight with play calling in big games, in game, in certain games he, he he's coaching that. But they're three and five on the year. You fall further down in the um division race for the NFC the NFC uh West. You still have a chance to get to, to win it, but not, not not playing like this. So I want to ask y'all, right now between the L.A. Rams and the Green Bay Packers, which team will look more like a playoff team during the second half of the season? That's an easy one for me. I got to go with the Rams because I think a lot of their issues are that our injuries – they can get a little healthier. I think they'll be all right. But the Packers, they just look like they've quit. And I just don't know if – and I want to be careful when I say quit. I think they quit because they just don't feel like they have the pieces to get the job done and ultimately be where they want to be. So that's what I mean by quit. But, yeah, the Packers, once they've once they've lost how many they've lost in a row, uh, I'm, I'm done with them. Uh, they're not going to win their division. Maybe they can sneak in the wild card, but I, I like the Rams' chances better than the Packers. Go ahead, Lil. I agree with Brian. I like the Rams better. Um, I'm never going to count on Aaron Rodgers. You can't ever count him out. Like He's been in this situation before. A couple years back, won the division, came all the way back and won the division. Was down. They had a losing record too for a lot of their season. They came back and won the division. Got in the playoffs. So you can never count him out. He deserves. He deserves that much respect. And the defense is legit. Actually, it's actually pretty. I have some really found good foundational pieces at all three levels. I mean, it's very sad they lost Rashawn Gary to injury. Their uh, their Pro Bowl defensive uh, 
end. They lost him to, I think, a torn ACL. Um, so he's out for the season. So that's devastating. But they still have playmakers, Jair Alexander, Devondre Campbell. Uh, you still got um, what's his name? Who the, Kenny Clark? You still got, you still got a lot of playmakers on their defense. I think offensively, when when I think Aaron Rodgers needs to understand this, he's not going to get another receiver, and that he's just going to have to work with what he has. And once he realizes that, he'll be more happy. Because I don't think he's really appreciated. Because those guys are trying, like the Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Randall Cobbs. They're not household names. Or in terms of Cobb, not anymore. But he just gonna have to work with what he has. And I, but as I say that though, the Rams just won the Super Bowl. I can't count them out. And and it's simply because they play. I, the, I think they play. You know, I about to say they play. You no, know, uh, no, nah, I can't even say that. It's not a weak division, man. No, it's not a weak division. And I and I honestly can't see them finishing ahead of the Niners or the um Seahawks at this point. Because the Seahawks have, You know what? This Sunday again, when they go to Germany to play Tampa Bay, that's gonna tell us a lot about the Seahawks. Just saying. You think so? Yes. Yeah. That's the toughest challenge of the year so far. To me. For sure, but they did beat it. They beat San, They beat the. They beat the Chargers when they were healthy. Yeah, go ahead, finish up. But yeah, I just feel that. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm gonna have to go with the Packers because I think they played a slightly less lesser uh, division. Like in terms of, you really don't got to worry about the Vikings if we're keeping it a book. And I do think that you have Aaron Rodgers. Like he. He's a flip the switch guy. Like, like, like we saw on Sunday, Brady had a vintage moment. He's one of those guys that can have a vintage moment. Like, he can have that. I think he's still there. Like, we, these guys do bit. Like, Aaron Rodgers is best when nobody is is is, is supposed to rid him off. Like, supposed to, we're, they're writing him off now. Like Tom, we wrote Tom Brady off. This guy at least game when he touchdown drop. We ride Aaron Rodgers off right now. Now watch them win like six in a row or something like that. Some crazy streak that we haven't. That, and then we are, we we're looking back in, in a month, a month and a half now. We really wrote Aaron Rodgers off. So I think that's I'm going with the Packers. You going with the Packers? <laughs> oh man, you going with the Packers? You know what, man? Bro, I don't like the way it's just it's just me, man. I just don't like the way both these teams are looking, man. It just like the Rams got personnel, man. These are the same people, minus Allen Robinson from last year. And Odell that put up a lot of numbers, a lot of yards that last year as, as our offense. Um, I don't know, man, because it's like the offense is just the Rams' offense is just too Cooper Cup dependent. If he gets shut down, they're in trouble. They can't run the football with it with Daryl Henderson or Cam Akers. Green Bay, man, they can do it, but man, it's gonna be tough, man. It's hard, bro. Yo, they. They three and six, right? They three and six. Um, winning the winning the division is out of reach, in my opinion, for them. They were their, their path to the playoffs going to be through the wild card. It may come down between. It might be. It might come down between the Rams, the Packers, and who else? The Seahawks, if they drop their lead in the West, 
on who gets that final wild card spot because I think the Giants and Dallas gonna come out of gonna be two wild card teams out of the NFC East. The other one's gonna come out of the West or the South. But does it just like Green Bay's offense got to get going, man? You know they, they lost to a Detroit Lions team that you know it plays hard. You know every now and then, well, it play hard throughout the season. You lost against the Giants. You know it just gonna, it's gonna be hard, man, because he don't have that that go to receiver yet. They haven't that person hasn't hasn't arrived yet. You know Romeo Dobbs is their lad, their best option, but he's inconsistent. You know, so it, 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 I mean the way I see it, it, it will be the Rams, bro. I think it would be the Rams that could get right over the um, the Green Bay Packers. You know, Sean McVay can. I'm more than sure. I'm more than. I mean, I know Sean McVay knows how to, knows how to adjust, man. Knows how to play to his team's strength. Knows how to get that running game going, bro. It just has happened right now because the defense is still legit, man. So we'll see. Also, I want to show this too. Do y'all think? There's a chance Sean McVay could retire after this season and go to commentating. No, uh, no, yeah. I, his wife said he's not retiring. They just signed a new deal too. I, I think the after the Super Bowl would have been a perfect time for him to depart from the game. I think it would have been perfect time, and like you would have won your championship, all the building that y'all did to get to where him and Les Need did. That's come. That's the culmination point. Why not go out on top if that was his intentions? But by him signing that new deal, I think this signifies that he wants to stay the L.A. Rams coach as long as they'll have him. And trust me, they'll have him for a long time. All right. I mean, some people be mentioning it out there, but it's a possibility, man. But I, I don't know if it happens, man. They got a they got a bad cap situation, though. The cap situation is, is really bad. All right. We got a comment here from uh, J.L., big fan of the show. Keep going. Guys, appreciate that. And Big L, well, JLX, what do y'all think about the Memphis Tigers win against Vanderbilt? I thought it was an impressive win. Um, you saw, I saw contributions from everybody on the team. Um, kind of shocked by the lineup that was poured out there. You know, I thought Cal would have start, but they decided to go with um, Malcolm Dandridge, who was playing, played pretty well last night against um, Vanderbilt. And, um, Ayla was really good, was on point as well. Had 10 points, I think 10 rebounds. So he did pretty good, good as well. What y'all think? Uh, it was a good win uh, against an okay Vanderbilt team. But still some work to do. Next week is really going to be a big test for them at St. Louis. But uh, you, you take the result. Um, you can only play who's in front of you. And Vanderbilt was as well. They took care of business. So we're going to wait to see if Franklin can get eligible and then how he fits in the rotation. And will anybody be uh, added to the rotation, not included in an injury situation, and then take it from there? Got anything there, Leo? Leo. And that's what he's doing. <laughs> All right, man. Look, 
Hey, so last one, last topic, man. Alabama went down to LSU this year, and that's their second loss of the year, and most likely done for the playoffs for the CFP. Do y'all think Saban has lost still? I sound cliche and all, but we'll ask y'all that. Um, I think he needs to make some staff changes. That's what I believe. Probably both OC and DC, uh, and maybe a few more. But I'm not until he's the recruiting still good. You can make it's either this is what I look at. It's either he's lost a step or the playing field has gotten better, and I think it's probably a little bit of both. Um, yeah, yeah, that's the way I look at it. What you guys say, Leo? He stepped out. Hey, well, I'll say this then, man. I'll say this about Alabama. The last two seasons, something that has been alarming about them as a team is the way offenses have been able to move the football on them. You know, that's kind of unheard of with an Alabama team, even with their, with their better teams throughout the years. This year we started with Texas. Texas moved the ball pretty well. He even did it with a backup QB. Um, who else? Tennessee. They had some success against them. LSU had some success against them with their, their roster. I was just kind of surprised that Mississippi State couldn't do that. But it is what it is. Um, do I think he lost a step? Um, I'll say no. It's just this year – they don't have the 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 fire the power on the outside to really you know hurt teams when they get in a bind like that, like they did against uh, LSU or in um a Tennessee. They just don't have the, the guys on the outside on the perimeter. Just, I mean, it's, I mean, I can honestly say that I'm not sure they, they got a first round pick on the at a wide receiver in this year's uh draft from Alabama. They just don't have it, you know. Tight end, that tight end they have is, is okay. You got Jameer Gibbs. But other than that, man, there's nothing that really on the outside that really can hurt a, t- a defense, you know. And the secondary is where I'm really – I'm just really sh- shocked the way Alabama secondary has been playing. So, yes, they're most, most likely uh, Pete Golden Pete, Pete Golden will be um, let go. Bella Bryant will be let go. Um, but he'll get a job somewhere. Be interesting to see who does Saban decide to turn to to um get a new for his OC because that's gonna be important, especially with now that you're dealing with you know Tennessee, Josh Heupel, um Brian Kelly and LSU, you know uh, you still got Lane Kiffin out there in uh, Mississippi, so we'll see everything plays out. They got an interesting game this week against um the Rebels, and they lose that game. <laughs> I don't, have Bama ever lost two in a row on the saving? Oh, that's a good question. Probably his first season. Yeah. Huh? I said probably in his first season, but yeah, that's one hell of a point. Um, yeah. It's going to be very, very interesting to see how, uh, what the reaction will be if they go down this weekend. But while this season may be lost for Alabama standard, they still can 
make it to a good ball game and win it. Yeah. But definitely the the bigger questions will be asked in the offseason how Nick Saban handles it will probably define the rest of his ten years Alabama as head coach. JL says, don't be surprised if we get another Tennessee-Georgia matchup on a natural field. What y'all think about Tennessee's strengths and weaknesses? Um, in regards to that, man, JL, um, Tennessee, you know, don't take this the wrong way, man, but right now just Georgia is just on a different playing field compared to everybody else. It just that's just what it is, man. In regards to talent level, man. When you can move the full, you can move the football on Georgia. You can't move the football on Georgia, but you can move the football on Alabama. That in LSU, that should tell you a lot about the level of the competition of where Georgia is at right now. It's just what it is, I and mean, you may get a different result if they play again. But I'm not so sure, man. It's just Georgia is just on a different level and a lot of people, you know, underestimated Georgia. And they, they, they felt that they felt like since Georgia lost so many, uh, so many, so much talent to the NFL from last year's squad that they were going to regress this year and they're proving everybody wrong, you know, and Stetson Bennett is, um, it's proving me wrong because I didn't feel like last year, I, I felt like, they should have went to JT Daniels as the quarterback, but they they decided to go with Stetson Bennett. I just been, I didn't think he was he was a, a national championship uh, winning quarterback, but they decided that's who they decided to go with. So um, Tennessee's strengths, man, is weak. Nothing is wrong with their strengths and weaknesses. It's just that they're in a different. Georgia's just in a different uh, stratosphere right now, man. As a uh, far as uh, competition. Thanks for your comment, though. You got the lead, Leo? I just pop back in. What was the discussion? All right, so we got a comment from uh, yeah, Al. We're talking about the playoffs, right? Well, mm-hmm. Alabama. Mm-hmm. And I'll ask um, if Nick Saban had lost a step at Alabama. It's a cliche kind of question, but you know, I just mm-hmm. want to put it out there and ask, see what y'all thought about it. And JL said, you know, don't be surprised if we get another Tennessee Georgia uh, rematch in the um, CFP. And I was just saying, nothing is really wrong with Tennessee. It's just that Georgia's just on a different playing field compared to everybody else. So you, you go ahead. Go ahead. Tennessee is an elite team. You hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Tennessee is an elite team. They just went up against a great team. And and, and and those things happen. And I do agree that we could have Georgia UT part two, but both teams are gonna have to keep winning. Well, Tennessee's gonna have to get back on a winning track and Georgia's gonna have to keep their winning ways going. I think they're in regardless. If they get if they lose to whoever they play in the West, they'll still probably be in. But you know, Tennessee you know, I think y'all were y'all talking about um, teams catching up with Saban. Y'all were talking about like, is that what you were just saying? Yeah, what's on with that? Um, I don't think that people are catching up with Saban. I just think that, you know, it's just that everybody's not going to Bama. Like, right. 
everybody's not going to Alabama anymore. Like you can go find your way at another school and you probably can, I mean, he, he plays a lot of freshmen, but you probably get on the field faster and you go different coaching. If it's not just one way, he used to get all of, all of the elite players, all, almost every sort of like relevant five-star in, in, in every position, pretty much like he was getting all those guys, yeah. but those guys aren't going to Alabama anymore. They're going to Clemson. They're going to LSU. They're going to Georgia. I think Georgia's become the new Alabama, but I don't think it's that because people have caught up to Alabama. I just think that, you know, people just, they're just choosing different schools and like Alabama's just not, you know, it's not a must. It's not this lure about Alabama. It's, it's kind of like when Mike Tyson, it was like a lore about him. Like when he was fighting. Yeah. It's not, Alabama doesn't have that lore anymore. It's, we, we respect mm. them. I don't think it's that, I mean, cause they did, they did say this DB and an Alabama fan told me this. See, when we lose, it's like we're somebody's Super Bowl when when we lose, but yeah. when we win, it, when we win, it's just another Saturday. It's like Floyd Mayweather, man. It's like people <laughs> tune in to watch Floyd Mayweather, Floyd Mayweather, Mayweather fight because they want to see him lose, see if he can lose, and that's what the, the lure is about watching Alabama. You know, go ahead, go ahead. I can hear you, but yeah, I can hear you now. My bad. We have some typical difficulties. I'm sorry. I wasn't, I wasn't saying anything. Okay, but somebody I read this tweet online uh, like a few weeks ago, and they were saying that ever since Kirby Smart took the job with Georgia, they're saying that uh, Alabama's defense has been uh, been suspect. What do y'all think about that? Ever since he took the job, you said ever since Kirby Smart took the job with Georgia, Bama's defense been suspect. Yeah, because he used to, he used to be he was uh, the DC for a minute. Yeah, I think a lot of those philosophies that he's put in there with Georgia, I think, but especially, and I think like we just talked about, a lot of those players, those defense players that would like a Jordan Davis probably would have went to with the with the Bama. Uh, yeah, back then, or like a um, what's his name is in the NFL now, a linebacker that. They just got drafted. Nicobe Dean. Nicobe Dean. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Probably would have went to Alabama. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they're getting those yeah. guys. Like he, Kirby and Kirby's building, he's building Alabama. He's building Alabama. Imprint. And I mean, trust me, when you learn under a master pupil, like your master pupil, you learn somebody like Saban, he just take when he's learning, he's implementing well. And that's what, you know. He's building Alabama part two, and he's done a pretty good job of it. I would, I would, would you say so? Yeah, he is. Um, when he took the job in Georgia at 2017, 2016, I think it was 2016. Yeah, it was 2016, but. I would say you can see the you have to fall off, man. Like with the way the offenses have been, uh, be able to move up, move up on the field on it, man. You can see it. Um, that COVID year, that year they won the championship. Um, a lot of teams were down that year, you know, so they really didn't have any competition. You know what I'm saying? 
scary. I, I get what you're saying, but a title is a title, though. Like, like you know, they always say these bubble title championships, but a, they they didn't they didn't they didn't bring the gold post in for the championship. Like we come, like we gotta we gotta keep that in mind. And that was COVID was a difficult time for everybody, too. Like everybody rosters was depleted. I mean, SEC. We was we was, my dad and I was just looking at that. SEC pretty much they pretty much kept it solid, but you know, it was a hard time for everybody, not just you know one one or two programs. So, so I don't think I can knock them for winning a title. Ashley is pretty impressive. Yeah, it is. I mean, dealing with the environment and just mm-hmm. the circumstances. So I mean, I'm just saying, man, just like when it when it when they said it was playing football that year in SEC. I already knew like the what was the result the result was gonna be, man, because you didn't have LSU to deal with. There wasn't a threat. Tennessee weren't were in Tennessee at the time. Georgia was just wasn't Georgia at the time. So I already know what, the, what was gonna happen. But I get your point though. All right, that's all I have for y'all. That's all we have for y'all for right now, man. Give us a like, comment, subscribe to the channel. Let us know how you feel. How you feel? Let us know how you feel about the topics we talk about tonight. Also, you can check out um, strike7sports.com for latest content on the NFL, the NBA, and much more. Listen to this through Apple or Spotify. Give us a five-star rating and leave your comments. Have a blessed night. Peace. We out.